The SWP is brought to you by Popeye Supplements Ottawa, Jim K. Ford, and All Insurance Ontario. Do you find shopping around for insurance a time-consuming hassle? I'm Josh from All Insurance Ontario. Send me a text and let me take it from there. You'll be surprised at how easy it can be. 613-860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Well, it's 2021, and that means Jim K. Ford is now beginning its 40th year helping people with their automotive needs. I think that kind of longevity says a lot. You don't last in business this long without building trust and connections, treating people right, turning first-timers into repeat customers who are happy to spread the word about the great service they always get at Jim K. Ford. Hey, your next vehicle awaits at JimKFord.com. I think we'd all like to look and feel better in 2021. Well, Popeye Supplements is the home of your New Year's resolution solution. Right now, it's their New Year New You event. Amazing deals like six pounds of PVL whey protein for only $44.99. Popeye's value size of veggie greens and phytoberry are $54.99. Popeye's remains open with strict in-store guidelines, plus curbside and online shopping as well. Check out your nearest location at PopeyesCanada.com. Well, hello there, everybody. It's the SWP episode 443. It's your sports and whatever podcast erupting from the net every single weekday. Steve Warren along with Jim Jerome. I'm in Ottawa. Jimmy's in Edmonton. It's a busy weekend. We just had filled with NFL playoffs and the first Ottawa Senators games in, what, 10 months. Wow. Great time for sports fans. James, how are things? Uh, things are good, Stevie. Good. Yeah. Uh, things are okay. You know, I started with... I tried to watch some hockey, which I did. Started, uh, I guess it started last Wednesday, uh, the hockey. And uh, there's so many freaking games. Oh, I love right? it. I, but, love but it. But I kind of like it. You know, I, f- I use the, uh, I flip on the score app. That's the one I use to check out what games are coming up. Right. And, and I'm, I'm just getting my head around uh, because here's what, here's what I've done. I'm going, oh, yeah, so uh, uh, Edmonton's playing Vancouver. Oh, this must be, this must be yesterday's. Because they played already, so man, you know, and that, so I'm I'm just getting used to all these teams playing back to back games, you know, with with the obviously with the same teams. So yeah, it happened uh, here as well. Ottawa taking on Toronto for two games, and I was thinking about that's again it more, it further galvanized my feel of yes, more divisional play. You know, they've expanded it this year. Normally they play divisional teams four times, maybe five. This year it's nine and ten games you play divisional, and that's your season. That's going to be it. But uh, moving forward, um, as I was sort of b- between games yesterday, between uh, Sens-Leafs games, I was thinking to myself, normally after a very good game Friday night, we'd be getting ready for a visit by Team X and right. all, the mo- all the momentum would be lost and the rivalry between Toronto and Ottawa would be put into hibernation for weeks, if not months. So I'm pretty jacked about the way it lays out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to like it. Anyway, so I'm, I'm well entrenched. Good. Well entrenched in the uh, uh, in the NHL and then of course the NFL. You know, I watch I watch both those games yesterday. Buffalo, that's my that's my sentimental favorite. And I and and I think I picked them in our betting. I think you you had yeah I had the Rams in the first game. You win that, and I think I, I win the Buffalo uh, game. I can't remember the second game to be honest. Yeah, I had Buffalo there minus three. Um, so whenever I pick the sentimental thing. That means you're picking an underdog, right? Sentimental is just another way of saying, no, they're going to lose, okay? That's, that's what's going to happen. And I never get it right when I pick the old sentimental thing until mm-hmm. yesterday. I got, the, I got the bills. Well, it was sure an interesting game. I mean, the Ravens were still in it. 
I've never seen the sky fall in on a guy and a team so quickly. Lamar Jackson, MVP of the league potentially. All of a sudden they're down by seven and Jackson throws a pick six the other way like a, it was into the end zone. And instead of you know getting back in the game, it's pick six the other the direction. Next time he gets the ball in the very next play, suffers a concussion because the snapper, he's in the uh, shotgun, snapper puts it over his head, runs back toward the end zone, throws the ball away, but just gets hammered as he does so and slams his head on the ground out uh, for the rest of the game with a concussion. I've never seen a team's fate and a player's fate go so sideways so quickly, and the Bills had an easy time of it for the most part after that, even though the backup was pretty decent. Right. Anyway, you know what, Stevie? I saw that hit. You know, he got flattened completely, straight back, you know, hit in the chest, down he goes, and the head snaps. Onto the, onto the surface, right? And you're going, for sure that's a concussion, you know? I'm, I'm surprised, Stevie, they don't have... So the helmets, right, that they're, and they're trying all sorts of different things, right, with these helmets. I'm surprised that you don't have this sort of, you know, a bigger bulky padding in the back of the helmet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, the, you know, you got this uniform helmet, right, that sort of fits around your skull, right? I get it. I know what a helmet is, but... But maybe they should have the thing like like out another four or five inches of padding in the back. Yeah, yeah, that sounds. I mean, that sounds good. By the way, we're going to talk Ottawa Senators and hockey here in just a second here. But uh, since we're on the NFL jag, um, on the helmet thing, I really don't think there's a helmet that will prevent concussions. Certainly, you can mitigate them. But uh, the way that Lamar Jackson hit his head on the turf, I don't think any helmet is preventing concussion. There, your brain floats in this cerebral fluid in your head and basically when it's uh when it's hitting the ground like that it's just crashing against the inside of your skull not much that a helmet would do helping that um and you think about Patrick Mahomes as well I mean he looked really glassy-eyed in Kansas City's win over Cleveland today got kind of hit around the neck area didn't look so much like the standard concussive blow but um and as we record this we don't know anything definitive but certainly concussion has to be top of mind there but I'm sure they're always looking at various things to make this, the helmet safer and prevent concussions. Get the mini airbags going, Stevie. <laughs> a little airbag in the back of the helmet. You're such you a know? visionary. <laughs> Something. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying they could, you know, more padding, Steve, for sure would get rid of the, not rid of it, but it would, would you know, lessen, I'm sure, the incidence of concussion. Just my yeah. thing. Just my or as thing. Seinfeld like, says in one of his uh, stand-ups, Maybe a better idea would be to stop with our head-cracking lifestyles. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, weird, weird, weird game, right? It was right down to the, you, like, you, like you said, uh, you know, all-star quarterback, right? Throwing, the, throwing that interception. Yeah. Um, anyway, whammo, whammo, whammo. See you later. Game yeah, over. it looked like they were going in to score. There was a great drive that that had just uh, finished up. And then, yeah, just uh, calamity strikes. But feel, I feel good because most of the people who are listening right now probably care a lot more about the Buffalo Bills than the Baltimore Ravens, and it has been a long old haul since the Bills won a playoff game, let alone made the AFC Championship game. I'm sure we're going back to Marv Levy, Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, that 0-4 team that went to four straight Super Bowls, and everybody focuses on the losses, not the accomplishment. You know, you got to the, you won the AFC title four straight years. That's unbelievable. But because you didn't get the ring in any of those cases, everybody thinks of you as a loser. But I feel good for Bills fans. Probably a lot of broken tables 
<laughs> across Buffalo right. after that win. You've probably seen some of the fans over the years where, I don't know, it's become a Bills thing, a Bills fan thing, where you're jumping off the roof of somebody's house at a tailgate party through some folding table and cracking your head. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, I feel good for uh, Bills fans. You know, it's funny you bring that up. I, I, I've been to Buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. it, for I went for the outdoor game, hockey game. The first, the first one was in Edmonton, and then the next year or the, or the year after. I, I think they've always done it every year. Oh, yeah, you then. worked that, right? Yeah, I did. I went. Uh, I got hired to um, host between stop downs in the game in the in the stadium. There's seventy thousand people, Steve, at this thing. It was really cool. Nice. Um, so all of us in Canada have heard about the big tailgating parties in the states, right? We've been been hearing that for years, and so that was my first tailgating party, and it was kind of it was kind of cool the way they do it. So it's in a huge parking lot across the street from the stadium. And um, what, what they do do, Steve, which is pretty smart, okay, to keep things at bay, to keep things not getting too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so this tailgate party is kind of broken up into three different sections, okay, of the parking lot. And on the one side is the family area, okay? And they got it highly organized. So it's a family area, and that's exactly what it is, parents with kids. Okay, and it's nice and calm, Steve. You can walk up and down these rows of a bunch of, you know, they get their van and their barbecuing and all that stuff. And so the next, the, the, the middle area, Steve, is a little rowdier. Okay, it's a little rowdier, you know, more, a little more drinking, no kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, but, but it's, but it's, it's kind of controlled. It's kind of this controlled rowdiness. Right. The third area, Steve, not so much. Okay, not so much, Steve. It's just a crazy ass party. Okay, drunk, screaming. Jumping on the roof of cars, uh, moshing. I did. I, you know, I was into a mosh pit, Steve, when I was there. Um, so it's really cool. It's really. So it's that's really, happening in January in Buffalo. Well, it was that, that was the that was the hockey game, right? That I was there for. Yeah. Right. So yeah, wow. yeah. I, whenever it was, whenever we did it. Um, but what the, what what is really good, Steve? That they do is. So you're at this party, and then you're going to just walk across the street into the stadium. So they allow you to carry your beer into the stadium. Nice. Or drinks, right? And it makes it very controlled. No one's freaking out. There's not a bunch of security issues. Uh, they just go, you know what? Why fight it, right? You're going to have 1,000 people or whatever crossing the street and in the, you know, all at the same time. And anyway, it was a riot, absolute riot, really cool. Lots of fun. So way to go, Buffalo, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Bill's going to be taking on Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. Green Bay is off to the NFC Championship game after a pretty convincing win over the Rams. Uh, Casey got there, like I mentioned, and the win over Cleveland. And as we record this, uh, yeah, it's going to be right down to the wire with uh, New Orleans and Tampa going at it. Uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, the two old dudes. Uh, last I checked, it was like uh, 2020, so that one's going to go right down to the wire. So we don't know at recording time here who's going to meet Green Bay in the NFC title game. We do know, as we switch over to the NHL, that the Ottawa Senators opened up with a split of their two games against the Toronto Maple Leafs on the weekend. And there was rust, for sure. The Sens, you could expect it. They hadn't played a game in over 10 months Half their roster had been turned over. They didn't play any exhibition games. And then whammo, right into two games against the team that everybody thinks is going to be the best team in the North. And they did all in all pretty well. 
Here's Sens head coach DJ Smith. Well, I think uh, we'll have to look at the chances of it. I, I don't believe the chances were as bad as, as the shots. I think tonight they came in with an idea they were going to put a lot of shots on net. I thought we kept to the outside for the most part, and uh, uh, we just couldn't create much ourselves. Um, give, it, give them credit. They, they came to play. They checked. They worked really hard. You know, their penalty kill did the job for them, um, and their goaltending was good. And you know what? I thought we battled right to the end, but give them credit. They came to win today, and they deserve to win. And, and my last question would be, uh, how would you evaluate your power play tonight? I didn't think the power play was very good tonight. I think, you know, we were, were a young team that made some young mistakes on the power play. We kind of went on our own a little bit, uh, you know, went a little rogue out there. Uh, but in saying that, you know, we had a couple empty nets on the five on three. Uh, Dadinoff had a clean look on the back door. You know, and some nights those are going to go in. Uh, tonight they didn't. Uh, I've liked our power play tonight. I think we made some tired mistakes, but don't take any credit away from their penalty kill. They did a great job. Bruce Garriott, Post Media. Hey, DJ, just uh, wonder what you thought of uh, Tim Stutzler getting his first NHL goal. Well, it was a heck of a goal. I mean, uh, you know, they carried the play for the majority of the game, and all of a sudden he draws us within one, and then, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't really see whether it was a penalty or not, but... In saying that, we still had a chance right down to the very end, and uh, you can see how excited he was to get out there. And uh, He's going to be a special player in time. It's great that he gets that out of the way for himself. Yeah, and not just his first goal. What a goal. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's basically the Sens are in the Toronto zone. Thomas Shabbat's trying to keep the puck in at the blue line, kind of whacks at it. It deflects off a Leafs defender, goes about 30, 40 feet in the air, and then you got Stutzla, kind of camp it under it the way a center fielder would be out there for a fly ball. The puck hits the ice, and the split second it does, he one-times a slap shot, short side on Jack Campbell, an absolute beauty. This is what Jack Campbell had to say. He, even he was impressed. Yeah, the only thing I could think of other than I should have had that was uh, I just want to shake his hand. That was a heck of a play. So, I mean, what a young talent. You know, it's good for the league, and, um, you know, he can count on me being better on that one next time and finally here's what the kid himself tim stutzla had to say about the goal yeah i mean uh it was definitely a great feeling but in the end i wanted to come out with a win i thought after the goal we had an extra push and everybody really wants to get that third goal and i think uh, we played really well in the last couple of minutes and then yeah a penalty of mine and uh yeah it was like a puck which was pretty high in the air and i just yeah want to get puck want to get the puck to the net and I think I hit it pretty good and uh, went in I'll say you hit it pretty good an absolute beauty and uh, it's always nice when your first goal is a special one like that special player as well and uh, that's Tim Stutzla and I, I guess some of his teammates are calling him Jimmy Stew for some reason I gotta get some background on that uh, he, he's right now you can tell in the first two games he's a kid out there uh, I mean he hasn't had any camp time any exhibition games so he's going right basically from World Juniors into the NHL. And what a leap that is. And he didn't look out of place. He didn't thrive, but he didn't look out of place. He's Right now he's measuring out what works and what doesn't. And uh, you know, in junior and pro hockey in Germany, absolutely every, everything worked. So not worried about him at this stage. And some, some good things. You know, there's some negatives. Uh, but you don't dwell on those this early in the season, particularly in the Sens circumstances. Matt Murray looked very, very good. Um, he already, like, I don't know, it's been a while, let's just say this, it's been a while since I was as comfortable with a Sens goalie as I was watching Matt Murray over the weekend, 
So that's a great start for him. It's early, but um, Toronto really dominated in puck possession and shot attempts all the weekend. And Matt Murray was square to the puck, it seemed, all the time. and looked really comfortable out there. Nick Paul, meanwhile, love that story. This is a guy that's been in the organization for a long time. He's been sent to the minors by Ottawa 14 different times and placed on waivers a bunch as well. And then finally, something clicked for Paul last season, and he started looking like, hey, I believe I belong here. So he got a goal in the Saturday game, and he was all over the ice, good speed. I don't know if DJ Smith is buying into him yet. He gave him just over 12 minutes of ice time in the Saturday night loss. So I'd like to see that. I mean, just as an observer, I'd like to see Nick Paul get rewarded because the whole concept seems to be best players play. And he was, you know, in the discussion for best forward, period. And uh, so some good things to take away from the Sens opening weekend. Got to be patient. It's going to be inconsistent. So a nice opening weekend. Sens will be back at it as the Winnipeg Jets visit this week on Tuesday and Thursday. Okay, so you're already falling into the trap, Stevie, okay, of not enough games under their belt before we make the assessment on a team, okay? Uh, great opener for the Sens, okay? Uh, not a bad game, right? Second game, pretty good. Stutzla there with the big goal. So lots of good things happening. Uh, but you know, in a regular season, Stevie, okay, 80-plus games, I always get, is it 82 or four games, Steve? What, what, what is, I always get it wrong. It was 82. It was very briefly 84 but it's, it's generally 82. Okay, so, so in fairness to me, that's why I get it wrong. So um, so 82 games sked, we've always agreed, Steve, when we did the radio show for years, no assessment here until they're past 15 games, okay? Until they get to 20, all right? Before we start to either pump a team up or, or bury them because they're shitty. So what's the number here, Steve, in 56 games? Okay, before we before we look at whether a team's in trouble or not. Right. Well, I would say 20 again this time, even though there's only 56 games. Largely because I think we've had so little time. Normally, I'd reduce the number because we have fewer games in the regular season. But uh, I'm going to keep it at 20 because we've had no preseason. So the Sens played a couple of games on the weekend, and it was preseason. Now, the games count, granted, but it's basically preseason. So uh, I'm going to leave it at 20. Uh, well, 20, I mean, 20 for sure. You, you will. You, you better have an idea. They better hit their stride at 20. I mean, that's just, what the heck? That's only, what is it? There's only eight games under 500. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's late. I know, but you won't really know what you are until about the 20 game mark still. And uh, it may be too late to react at the 20 game mark in a 56 game season. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, watching the Oilers, right. Um, the first game they played against the, the, the Vancouver, uh, they're, they're, they're one and two. Now they lost to Montreal five, one, uh, two. Uh, anyway, it was just, it was terrible hockey. It was terrible hockey. Uh, and that's come from a guy who doesn't know much about hockey, but, <laughs> but I know that. Yeah. The Sens, same thing against Toronto. They had long periods where you're going, okay, what's going on with your defensive zone coverage here? Yeah. Like five five on five, they looked like they were killing a penalty. They were that passive. Their break, you know, their their special teams, the breakout on the power play. Oh my God. Just not very good at all. So, but this is to be expected, especially with a team like the Sens, but for all teams. The one Oilers game that I watched where they where, where they lose, uh one I, I forget which game it was, either Montreal or the Vancouver game. Um 
they're 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 playing defensively they'll mm-hmm. play kind of the entire game like they're down three goals with a minute left in regulation and what i mean by that is if you've ever seen a game like that right where they're down say they're down two goals with a minute or two left right mm-hmm. it just all the defense goes out the window right right you get and you know, it has to it has to right all we got to do is go for the puck and whip this you know everyone keep trying to get the puck don't worry about taking the man anymore, right? Because we're down too much, right? So, but but that's that's what the Oilers game looked like in in like when it was you know they're only a goal behind with a period and a half to go. You know, there's a bunch of plays where guys are supposed to go just check the man off the puck, and a bunch of them were trying to do that. Like I hate that that junior play where they stick the blade of their stick out, you know, to try and get the puck off the guy instead of going in to hit him. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, anyway, they all need to be tuned up a little bit. Certainly, the Oilers do. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, it's it's a problem across the league. I mean, if if it hasn't hit a team yet, teams off to a good start. The rust factor will kick in at some point. Uh, it's an issue for everybody with lack of preparation time for this season. When we come back on the show, uh, on the Leaf side of things, Jason Spezza went on waivers. So we'll talk about that coming up after these words. Everyone knows that to get the best price on home and auto insurance, you have to shop around. But who really wants to do that? With access to all kinds of insurance markets, not only can I get you the best price but I'll also make sure that you get full value for your money. Call me, I'm Jer Gerard, All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Well, it's 2021, and that means Jim K. Ford is now beginning its 40th year helping people with their automotive needs. I think that kind of longevity says a lot. You don't last in business this long without building trust and connections, treating people right, turning first-timers into repeat customers who are happy to spread the word about the great service they always get at Jim K. Ford. Hey, your next vehicle awaits at JimKFord.com. I think we'd all like to look and feel better in 2021. Well, Popeye Supplements is the home of your New Year's resolution solution. Right now, it's their New Year New You event. Amazing deals like six pounds of PVL whey protein for only $44.99. Popeye's value size of veggie greens and phytoberry are $54.99. Popeye's remains open with strict in-store guidelines, plus curbside and online shopping as well. Check out your nearest location at PopeyesCanada.com. And if you're thinking of buying or selling a home in the Ottawa area, I recommend the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. Glenn helped me sell our home back in the fall. He set aside a budget to help us with painting, cleaning, decluttering, updating our ceiling lights for us. We got multiple offers and the home sold for well over asking price. You should call the Glenn Walton Real Estate Team today at glennwalton.com. All right, welcome back to the program. Jason Spezza in the news. The Leafs have placed Spezza and backup goalie Aaron Dell on waivers. And uh, obviously, Jason Spezza is hoping to clear said waivers and stay in Toronto. Wants to finish his career in his hometown. If he does get claimed off waivers and somebody says, okay, you're coming to us, he will retire rather than do that, James. Yeah, I, I love that decision uh, if, he, if he sticks to it. I, I, I really do. You know, because so often you see guys uh, who are in their, into their mid thirties and maybe they've been playing 15 years in the league or something like that. you know, right. They're, they're, they're the shoe's going to drop any minute here on them, on their career. Um, uh, you know, for, for all the obvious reasons when you've been around for 15 plus years. Um, and, and a lot of guys, Steve, obviously, well, well, I'll go anywhere. Okay. So find me a gig somewhere, you know, I want to, uh, whether it's the dough or, or the, the, you know, they just can't see themselves not playing. Um, I've always been a big, advocate of of guys who do step up they sign big contracts with teams and uh 
you know, they'll, they'll say, this is great. I want to play out my career here. Uh, I can't see myself going anywhere else. I don't want to be traded. And, and I love hearing that. I love hearing that, you know, um, because I think, I think the owners are, are always under this stress, you know, of going, well, we, we just signed him to 7 mil a year over, you know, for five years or whatever. I hope he wants to keep playing for us. Right. Cause, cause the, often they don't, right. Often the, the guy, they go for a better deal to make another million or something like that, or they get a little, uh, they get a little bit snotty about, well, they're not using me as much. You know, so I'm going to ask for a trade, you know, and that always drove me bananas, man, about sports. Yeah. So I love hearing Spets to say that. That's cool. That's really cool. You know, sticking yeah, to his word. I'm not yeah. going after a little, I'm not going after the cash. I'm not going to be pathetic about telling my agent, just find me anywhere to play. I know I want to keep doing, I like, I like that. Good for him. Well, it's leverage too, right? It may be strategy in it. And he's using the leverage he has to threaten to retire. So any team that might have been thinking about grabbing him is probably going today. Hmm. Yeah. Not much point in that. We're not going to right. look very good either. Now that he said that, if we go ahead and grab him, we're going to look like jerks for taking he and his family or trying to take he and his family away from where he wants to uh, finish his career. And that's in his hometown in Toronto. So the optics aren't real good. And it's not really a lot of upside to Jason Spezza at this stage. Good face-off guy. Can help mm-hmm. on the power play, but five on five, he's not really a guy you need that's going to be a difference maker for you. So I think most of the NHL will say, meh, we'll give that a miss. Yeah, although that, you know, you brought up the face-off thing. Did you see um, in that piece, talking about all this stuff you're talking about, where he won, he won like all, every every face-off? Yeah, no, it's, it's great to have a guy like that. It's the most underrated thing maybe in hockey having someone that you can rely on to win draws, particularly in the defensive zone. Um, you know, start of a power play, for example. You get a good, good, great face-off guy out there. It's so huge when you're in your own end and you want to kill the penalty and you want to get the puck out of the zone. Um, it's just uh, just huge, huge to have that yeah. and very, very underrated for sure. And Jason Spezza, even at his age and, and his state of his game, still a guy that is fantastic in the draws. So an interesting bit of... Player versus media with the Philadelphia Flyers. Jacob Voracek and uh, former Ottawa 67 Travis Konechny were up at the podium doing the Zoom call with the media. And a Philadelphia reporter by the name of Mike Silski asked a simple question. And this is what Voracek had to say after the question from the reporter. Two games in, Jake. How different... Does the season feel, if at all, given the circumstances of the offseason and the condensed schedule and everything? Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're going to write fucking shit every time. It doesn't matter what you say. Uh, yeah, it feels different. I mean, we got four points out of the first two games. Uh, I, I wasn't even going to answer your question because you are such a weasel. It's not even funny. I think the funniest thing about that, James, was Konechny's response. Like, he just sort of... They move on with the next question. Right. <laughs> and then at that stage, Konechny's trying to stifle laughter. Voracek sees the stifling of laughter, and he's got to stifle laughter. But they managed to carry on without uh, fully breaking down. But what did you think of, uh, of Voracek calling it a reporter in that kind of setting? Well, I thought it was funny, you know. Uh, I was like, here we go. This is fantastic, you know. Um, I'm sure the frustration of players, man, living in a town, um, you know, hockey, hockey, big hockey town, right? Philly and uh, like Toronto, like Montreal. 
um, you know, the players go, it just drives you bananas, man. The, the in your face media all day long, you know? Yeah. And so I, I expect, I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed that you don't hear that more often. Could you imagine Steve, you, you wake up and you got this, you know, you're reading this negative shit about you all the time. And then you're told by the team and by the league, by the way, okay, you must do post-game press conferences, okay? You got to do interviews. Right away, I'm going, okay, well, what happened here? Where, where's, right. the, where's the article that the guy wrote, okay? Uh, it, it's obviously 100% clear that there's some history here. Yeah, Twitter. you want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. So this, is, this is the quote in the article, and it comes from October of 2019, so Voracek's got a long memory here. Holding a grudge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this is what uh, apparently led to Voracek saying what he said. This is what the reporter wrote. Alain Vigneault has been a coach for 16 years. The most welcome development of his brief stint with the Flyers has been his willingness to use that credibility to call out the team's top two players in a way they've never been before. There was Jake Voracek sitting at his locker after the Flyers practiced Thursday untying his skates, and Vigneault stood in the center of the room with his back to him and demanded that Voracek and Claude Giroux start delivering a higher caliber of play. Back-to-back lopsided losses to the Islanders and Penguins had compelled the coach to send his stars a message, and one of them was on hand to hear it. Voracek sat there and laughed. Was it something the teammate seated to his right, James Van Riemsdyk, had said, or was it something else? So that's it. That's what was written and Voracek obviously objected strongly mm-hmm. to the idea that, well, it, it seems pretty clearly implied there that uh, Voracek is laughing at Alain Vigneault, and Voracek obviously didn't feel like either that was actually what happened or that that's something that should have been put out there. But uh, that's apparently where it all stemmed from. Now, after that, I guess at the time... The reporter apologized for the confusion because the Flyers did contact him to say, hey, 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 what are you doing there? Right. A guy's not laughing at his coach. And so he basically, the reporter said, I can see why you thought that. He apologized at the time for the confusion, edited the column, and offered to try and smooth things over. So there's yeah. the background. Um, yeah, anyway, what I was saying uh, is I went to Twitter Okay, look, at and then people are making comments, you know, uh, good for him, you know, who doesn't want to do that once in a while and goddamn press and all that stuff. The, the dumbest comments I heard were from people saying, is there a backstory to this? And I'm, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> no, no, there's no backstory. He just met the guy five seconds before, the exchanged pleasantries, and then told him he was a piece of shit. Of course there's no yeah. backstory. Um, now, that'd be good, though, if they randomly blew up reporters. That would be great. Yeah. Just With every news conference, I want at least one reporter blown up. All right, that's NHL yeah. policy now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Steve Warren here in the scrum. Yeah, fir- first time question ever. Okay. Shut up, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, it's a tough gig for both, right? For the player and the press, right? Because the press guys, you know, Steve, co- covering hockey, uh, okay, um, is, you know, there's hundreds of guys who are covering games every night, you know, mm-hmm. hundreds, hundreds of guys. And they're always looking for the scoop a little bit, a little story, a little thing away from the game, a little, a little something, a little nugget somewhere that it's not just, you know, these lame answers. Yeah. We tried our best when well, we lose time. We got to, we got our blah, 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 blah. So I get this reporter when he's in the locker room 
And he overhears this stuff going, here we go. Here we go. Right, Stevie? You're going, now, now we got a little something there. Sure. Um, but the other thing is, there's the fraternity here, boys. You know, it, it, when in doubt, okay, if you're, if you're about to write this piece going, how about the player laughing at the coach when he told him he had to improve his game? You know, there's going to be some doubt there. And, and he probably should have not done anything, right? First of all, it's not going to bode very well for him, Steve, to get back in the locker room after a while if you keep doing that. But uh, Well, that therein lies the problem between the media and NHL teams. There's always that worry that, uh, you know, sometimes you might work for an organization that has a direct partnership uh, or you're just simply worried about access. And if you don't do these guys right and you, you come up with some sensational headline, even if it's true, Great. You had a good day. Right. Yeah. You sold a lot of papers that day or the ratings were great. You know what? You're hoping to make a career of this and now you're going to be shut out because that guy's not only going to burn you from you know, moving forward or shut you out. He's going to tell all his teammates the same right. thing. Right. So it's a, it's a really difficult job for sure to balance all that. Try and provide interesting information for the readers, the listeners, the viewers but not shut yourself out so you can't continue to do all those things. Yeah, there's good – for sure there's some unwritten rules, Steve. You know, don't forget a lot of these guys uh, – I know in the Edmonton days, right, there, there's a lot of guys who who literally grew up in, in, in media with that team, you know, with the one team, with the – say in Edmonton here with the Oilers, you know, Jim Matheson or the guys we think of and Terry Jones. These guys started when the team came to town, you know, in the, in the 80s or 1979 right. or something, right? And they're still doing it. Still Same ready. thing with Gord and Dean and Bruce Garriott, guys like that. Yeah, so you, you develop this almost family-like relationship, uh, you know, with them. But you're going to hear a lot of shit, Stevie, you know, um, as I have actually in my life, you know. And someone told me, you should write a book, Jimmy, about all these things, you know. And I'm like, no, no, there's, a, there's, there's some unwritten rules here about what you're allowed to say and what you're not allowed to say if you're a media guy. And the guy, the guy's probably overstepped his bounds, you know. Best thing they ever did, Terry Jones wrote a bad article one time about the Oilers, right? And, and, the, and listen, Stevie, the players expect that, right? They respect that. You know, you're, if you're going bad, you know, if you're two and eight, your last 10, there's going to be some shit written about the team. Um, but they really didn't like what, what Jonesy wrote. And when he came into the locker room the next day, right, no one complained. They didn't kick him out. Say there, said, you know, we can't do that. You know, and they were really pissed at him. So when he walked into the locker room the next night, they they threw him into the hot tub. <laughs> oh, it was great! It was great. And how did he react to that? I I, I think he was cool. I think he laughed his head off, you know, uh, about it. No, no one said anything, Stevie. He just, oh, sorry about that. We he slipped. Sorry, sorry that you fell <laughs> in the hot tub. Well, that's one way to get even. I'm not sure you'd get away with that today, but uh, uh, pretty cool story. Before we wrap up, as we speak, the New England, the New England, old habits die hard. Uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I should say, have knocked out the New Orleans Saints. And uh, they win it 30-20, to so they're off to the NFC title game against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. It's going to be a great matchup. Battle of the Bay and uh, Kansas City against Buffalo in the AFC title game, so... Cool stuff in the NFL. Uh, we'll talk more about that over the course of the week in upcoming episodes. James, any final thoughts today? I got the great final thought, I think, Stevie, today. Nice. Uh, you have a daughter, as I do. Yep. Um, and kids. Yep. Um, so normally, Steve, you know, I'm, 
I'm, my kids all live here in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of normal communication with your kids, Steve, might be, hey, Dad, um, want to have dinner, you know, this week? Uh, can we get together? Do you want to watch a movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you watching on Netflix? Uh, you know, all you know, stuff. How are you, Dad? Just want to check in. That, that would kind of be nice, normal child-parent relations. Sure. Right? Relationship. So here's the one. Uh, that I got for my daughter today, Stevie, okay? Uh, hey, Dad, you got to check out this foot peel thing, okay? Uh, you can get it at Walmart. It's $11. You put your feet in these booties for an hour, and then apparently in seven days, all the dead skin and calluses are supposed to peel off. You should try it, Dad. <laughs> She's not wrong. I'll say that. That's heartwarming, Steve. I haven't heard from her in about a week. You know, it's just, it just, uh, you know, warms the cockles, Stevie. That, uh, that, that beautiful, <laughs> that beautiful emotional. You should try it, Dad. It peels off the dead skin and the calluses. Yeah. Well, I got right now, James, a single tear gently rolling down my cheek right now for you because that was a beautiful, beautiful story. Kudos Wasn't to your it? daughter. Kudos to your daughter. <laughs> I'm tearing up. Everyone's tearing up here. Oh, good God. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Good night, everybody, including my daughter. Good night. Good night. We'll see you.